You are in for such a treat in this episode because I have someone really special. My good friend, Ta Witty, who is also basically fam fam over here. I've known Ta for a very long time, like over 10 years now, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> and I have to say, I have to gush about him before I even tell you like completely who he is and what he does and all that. But Ta is someone who has made such a massive impact in my life. I it can't even put it into words. I literally, I say this to a lot of people when I tell them about Ta, like if it, like, I don't think I would be the woman I am today if he was not in my life. That is how, how big of an impact he has had on me because of his support and his love. I have never experienced such unconditional love and support. Ta has supported me through the highs, the lows, the ups and the downs, everything in between. I remember sharing my vision with him of growing a community before I even created Spiritual Boss Babe. Like I he's he supported me through heartbreak, breakdowns, breakups, breakthroughs, you know, everything you can imagine. And he has loved me through it all, accepted me through it all. He has held me in my lowest points and he has still seen me and held me to my highest. And I always tell him that I am a super fan of his. I know he's a super fan of mine and I love him so fucking much. And so I'm so excited to share him with you and to uh, to have you be able to soak up his magic and medicine in this episode because you are going to get so freaking much out of it. So Ta is a master intimacy and emotional navigation coach, and he is a master at his craft. And I always jokingly say, Tony Robbins ain't got shit on you because Ta is that fucking amazing as a coach, facilitator, just someone who deeply cares about the people that he works with. And he's known for supporting people with working through shame and shadow self-navigation. He was a registered nurse for 31 years, has 23 years of emergency room experience in New York City, and has seen a lot of trauma and drama, and, and it has supported him in developing his skill set and zone of genius in what he does now. Tao's also the co-founder of the Condor Approach Method which is the world's leading certification for psychedelic-informed practitioners and integration coaches. He also, he also recently launched his live workshop called Emotional, which is what I went to uh, just a, a couple weeks ago, which I'll tell you about in a second. Um, Emotional is also a group coaching program that he's now doing, supporting people with emotional navigation. He's also the co-host of Psychedelic Coach Podcast with his wife, Cole Witty, who is also someone I freaking love to death and has just been doing so many big things in the world and sharing his love and magic and supporting people and completely transforming their lives. The level of skill that uh, Ta has when it comes to supporting people in, in navigating their emotions and just experiencing lasting transformation is unlike anything I have ever seen. Like I'm telling you, it's on a whole nother friggin' level. <laughs> and, I, and I do not say that lately. It's literally on a whole nother level. So I just went to his emotional workshop, like I, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, and it was one of the most life-changing events I've experienced because of the depth that we went into. The way that Ta breaks down 
emotions and what emotions are and how to actually navigate your emotional landscape and and support others in navigating theirs is just it's already transformed me. I have a better understanding of myself. I have a better understanding of other people. I know what it feels like when I do not feel safe versus when I do feel safe and what my emotions are telling me. I wanted to take this workshop because this is something that I'm personally working on on my own journey, like really deepening my mastery and skill of navigating my own emotional landscape so that it could support me in relationships in you know in con- if there's ever conflict or and support me in my business and everything I'm doing really because when we understand how to navigate our emotions it really does trickle out into every area of our life relationships business money all the things come back to really being able to feel safe within yourself and get back to a place of ease when you're not in ease, when you are in dis-ease. And so this event that I went to that Ta did was just absolutely life-changing. And I took so many notes. I have been integrating a lot of what I learned. It's also supported me in listening to my intuition, understanding how to uh, communicate more clearly, uh, release shame, set boundaries, and so much more. And I'm excited for him to share all of this with you in this episode because it's just going to change the game for you. And I also want to share that he is, I don't know if he's doing another event like this anytime soon, but he has a group coaching program called Emotional as well that goes way deeper into the intricacies of what he shares in this episode. And I highly, highly, highly recommend checking it out because like I said, his coaching skills and and facilitation skills are on a whole nother freaking level. And uh, yeah, he's transformed my life in so many ways. And I just love sharing people that have made an impact in my life with you. So make sure you check out the show notes so that you know how to connect with Ta, where to check out his emotional program and all of the other things that he's doing in the world and to check out his podcast and all the things. So without further ado, let's welcome Ta onto the show. Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Babe Podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world and it's time. So let's do this. Hello, everyone. I am here with my good friend, Soul Fam Fam, Ta Witty. That's me. <laughs> who is an amazing 
intimacy coach, psychedelic integration. You want to fill it in. Navigation. Emotional navigation. <laughs> yeah. Um, and really he is next level at supporting people in understanding themselves better and feeling more connected with who they are and the people in their lives and with their business and so many things. Ta is someone that has helped me immensely on my journey. And I do not say that lightly. I literally would not be the woman I am today. And I really mean that if it wasn't for Ta's role in my life and the support he has provided me. So thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having <laughs> me, Stephanie. You know, you are a tremendous part of my life and an mm-hmm. inspiration to me as I watch you grow and take the things that I've spoken, that we've spoken about, that you've come up, you've actually come up with these things yourself. I just know how to ask really powerful questions that bring things out of people. Mm. And so the things that are there are already there. They've been coming up to the surface. And to watch you take the things that have come up and actually apply them and expand yourself and support other people in expansion has been one of my greatest inspirations in my life. And mm. I know I share that with you all the time. You're a huge inspiration to me. Mm. And it's wonderful to have a space where I inspire you, you inspire me. I inspire you, you inspire me. And we mm. have an ecosystem and it's just this flow that goes back and forth round and Mm. round and we continue it so it's been wonderful to witness you and you know what I do is I I'm an integration coach and an intimacy coach and I work deeply in emotional navigation and I believe that everything about us is woven into a space of emotion because Mm. emotions are signals that guide us so that's what I'm about I love it and I thank you for all those reflections Mm -hmm. making me blush girl come on (laughs) bring it um yeah. And you are just like, you're a master at supporting people in the way that you do. I don't even know how you do it so well. <laughs> like you, It's like, I learn so much from the way that you break things down. Like if I'm in a process and I'm like going through my shit and I talk to you and the way that you're able to like see it all and navigate it and in, in the questions that you ask and all of that, supports me in seeing it and being able to navigate it it's like unlike anything I've ever experienced well thank you for that reflection you know a large part of I attribute a large part of how I'm able to navigate things because of the traumatic circumstances I've experienced in my life and the 25 years of clinical nursing you know I've been a registered nurse for a long time Mm. and I spent a lot of that time in New York City in emergency rooms for 23 years, working a night shift Mm. in emergency rooms. And so I had to learn to navigate my nervous system and I had to learn to navigate my emotions by myself because the psychology that I was taught in nursing and the psychology that I was taught period in college and all of these things did not do, it didn't support me in being in my emotional spaces. It supported me in being in mental spaces. Mm. And so we talk a lot about mental health in our world. We don't talk a lot about emotional wellness, right? And so they coincide with one another. All of our emotions are driven by thought. And once we can see that they're driven by thought and that our thoughts can be influenced by things, we can influence our own thoughts and therefore influence our emotional well-being. And so this has been a space of play for me. It's been a space of exploration in seeing how the linguistics, the words that I use, actually trigger people to open themselves up in different ways and bring thoughts to the surface that may be, may be buried in the self. Mm. And so when those thoughts come to the surface and I see how the physical body responds or how the emotional complex responds, it triggers me to ask another question to either go deeper. And, and I'm always in a radical consent space to either go deeper, leave it alone, or 
or move into a different space, depending on where the person wants to go. And it's almost like I, I see things in this in this grid, like I, it's, it's a grid of perception and it includes my eyesight, but and it also includes my physical sensations, how I detect the temperature in a room around me and all these things. So I have this, this amazing way of perceiving things. And some of it I attribute to when I was when I was growing up, I used to trip over things all the time, mm. trip and fall and bump into stuff. And people called me a klutz and all of this. And when I went to, uh, I had told my mother at one point, I was wearing glasses. And I told my mother at one point that I can't see beyond the frame. Like I can't see outside of the frame of my glasses. And so we went and saw a doctor and the doctor told me that I had something called retinitis pigmentosa. And they mm. told me that I'd be blind by the time I was 40. And my eyesight was closing in. My periphery was closing in. And so since my periphery was closing in, I started to figure out new ways to perceive and see things because I thought I was going to be blind. Mm. And so I started to tap into my senses a lot deeper. And so I I started to see that my eyesight is very pixelated. Like when I, like, I'm not sure if you remember the, I'm sure you do, the old TVs with UHF when you would turn it on, it's a snowy screen. Mm -hmm. Like everything is that is a derivative of that snowy, that snowy screen, but I can see all the pinpoints of all these different parts together in a, in an eyesight space, but I can also perceive it in a feeling space. And so mm. I'm able to dial into people's spaces in ways that are really, really interesting. And so yeah. what I, what I teach people is how to actually dial into themselves in ways that kind of mimic the way that I've been doing it. Mm. So that's fascinating. Mm -hmm. uh, and I like that you mentioned that all emotions come from thoughts. Yeah. So one of the things that you shared at emotional uh, was that, uh, the the thoughts are not as important as the emotions the, that are signaling ease and disease. Right. Well, I mean, the thoughts are important because they can tell. Or, us or I guess I phrase, but the emotions are the ones that are signaling what's going on. You can you go into that a little? Yeah, bit? Yeah, I can. So, emotional was a weekend that uh, that we did for emotional navigation and diving into emotions and navigating emotions is my space. I've often been told, and I've a lot of people come to me saying that they want to control or regulate or stop or or uh, have some semblance of direction in their emotions. And they don't realize that the thoughts that they have and the influence that they have around them is influencing the emotional space. Mm -hmm. So emotions from, from the context that I work, when I work with people is that there's signals that tell you one of two main things, whether you're in ease or dis-ease. And so people will say that, health is the opposite of disease and it's not it health for me is the, and i'm a nurse i've been i've been working in healthcare mm -hmm. for a long time disease is the opposite of ease right and so you can move from disease to ease and so all of your negative emotions right with anger frustration uh anything, sadness, all of these will tell you that you're in a dis-ease space or moving towards the dis-ease space. Mm -hmm. Happiness, joy, content, all of the easy stuff tell you that you're moving towards ease. All of the pleasant or what people will call positive emotions mm -hmm. tell you that you move there. And in between ease and dis-ease, we have health, right? And so I, and my health can be easy or dis-easy. And so when I look at that space, I'm able to gauge where I am. And so when we look at illnesses, like when people have cancer or people have uh, jack of gallbladder, whatever it is that's going on with a person, that's an illness. And so dis-ease 
usually leads down the pathway towards illness. And mm. you're usually in dis-ease for a long time before it manifests as an illness. Mm. And I'm not just talking about things like infections and stuff like that. I'm talking about illnesses, mutations of the body and all of that stuff. Mm. That's where we find this, that's where we find dis-ease moving into illness. But when we're in the easy space, that's where the body remedies itself. It, it, it feels nice. That's when the body rejuvenates itself. That's why it feels good. That's mm-hmm. why it feels wonderful because our body, our organism is telling us to stay in that space. And so our emotions are telling us one of those two things. I'm in ease moving towards ease. I'm in dis-ease moving towards dis-ease. And so that's how I gauge it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I teach people in emotional navigation. Anytime somebody has an emotional situation, I ask them to own it, right? Oh, mm-hmm. I came up with something. Uh, the aliens told me something. So, so, <laughs> so the aliens give me stuff or the aliens, third dimensional being, fifth dimensional beings, whatever it is that comes through me in the middle of the night, gives me these really amazing ways to offer this stuff to people so that they can be in a mm-hmm. space of, of, of navigating. And so the the way I, I invite people to navigate and I invite anybody who's listening to this to navigate this by asking yourself, what am I feeling? Right. Mm-hmm. What am I feeling? I, I feel and saying I feel and then because mm-hmm. I feel then what it is and then because. And so what came through right the other night. So check this <laughs> shit out. So I was I was uh, I woke up and I heard. Right. So, you know, the, the house music. Yeah. Right. And so then I heard then then the word own came in mm. W.N. And I was like, okay. And so I wrote it down. And this is how my my things come in in the middle of the night. Mm. And then I just keep hearing. <laughs> and then I'll own and then N-S-C, right? O-N-S-C. And I'm like, okay, what does this mean? And so I'm waiting. And so in relation to the emotional navigation, it's own what you're experiencing, name what you're experiencing, mm. right? And then do I want to sustain it? or change it. Ooh, uh-huh. I like O-N-S-C, that. right? And so so the stuff that I taught at, at Emotion All was, I feel because, and do I want to stay here or do I want to change it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I feel is the, I feel is the own, right? I'm owning my feelings. Mm-hmm. So I can say, you make me feel this way. I'm actually projecting that it's you doing it to me mm-hmm. instead of me owning it. So I own the emotion. Mm-hmm. Then I name it, I feel sad. And some people will stop there. I feel sad. And then they don't know what's driving it. Mm. When you say, I feel sad because, and then you wait and you see what comes up. I feel sad because I'm alone. I feel mm. sad because this person left me and, I, and I'm alone and this. And so when you start to own it, right? So you, you own it, mm-hmm. you name it. Or do you want to sustain it or do you want to change it? I want to, I'm going to continue feeling sad would be sustain it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be sad. I want something else as a change it. And so this is the basic emotional navigation space. And so I can always remember it whenever. So this is what I've been doing with some of the people that I've been working with mm-hmm. is I've told them about ONSC. And then every time they need to navigate something, I just go. <laughs> it's like an anchor. Yeah, it's an anchor. So and so I anchor it in there. But this is the basics. of the That's basic- actually good. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I have a question. Tell me, ask me. Yeah. So, um, Say someone feels hurt because of something that happened, though, that mm-hmm. triggered the hurt. And when they say, I feel hurt because you yelled at me or something, <laughs> like, isn't that kind of like, how do you, I guess, do that without blaming someone or whatever? Right. So so I would remove the because you yelled at me. I feel what was it? 
I feel hurt. I feel okay. I feel hurt because I heard a loud voice or because Mm. there was a tone that came at me, not because you said it, because it's still projecting onto the other person. I feel hurt when I'm spoken to in that manner. Okay. Right. And that is not projecting because you spoke to me. That's the blaming space. That's not owning. Mm. That's putting it on somebody else. I feel hurt when I'm spoken to in that, in that space. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to feel this way anymore. How can we both win? Mm. Right. What can you do to support me in this space? Or are you interested in supporting me in that space? Mm. And so it's, it's always, if the person is interested, right. If they're not interested, then you can take a sovereign space and be like, like, well, in order for me to not feel hurt, I need to step away from the situation. Mm -hmm. I need to connect somewhere else. Anytime there's hurt, there is a threat of safety. Something's hurting me. Mm -hmm. What about me is hurt. And if the person is not in a position to slow down and actually navigate that with you, you can navigate it on your own Mm -hmm. until that person is ready to come around if they ever are. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so it's always, for me, it's always the removal of the blame of of another person and owning my own emotions. Mm -hmm. That's why it's emotion all. It's all of me. It's all of my circumstances and situations. Because regardless of another person doing something to me, how I respond is is still within my grasp mm-hmm. unless I perceive that I don't have that. And when when I'm in an empowered space, I can do anything. Mm-hmm. I can do anything. I can perceive and feel anything within myself. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sounds a lot easier uh, in theory than practice. It, it is. And that's why you have to practice it. Yeah. I mean, you don't go to the gym and just start deadlifting 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. You have to practice. You have to practice with a couple of dumbbells maybe, and then move up in the dumbbells and move up to the barbell, then mm-hmm. put a plate on, right? A, move, put a 10 pound plate, a 25 pound plate, then move up. Mm-hmm. And you have to, you have to exercise, you know? And like, what if someone is, um, shares how they're feeling with you and it comes across uh like they're blaming or shaming like do you just share that you're experiencing that that's what's happening well i can i can say i feel blamed Mm. right it's still i feel blamed not you're blaming me yeah i feel blamed right now when i hear things like that not when you say that to me when i hear things like that i feel blamed got it so as long as both people own their experience and but another piece of it is as far as like emotional navigation and conflict with someone else, mm-hmm. it's important that they both own their experience and also are able to hear the other person right. because right. it can't be just one person hearing right. and the other person not. Right. Yeah. And if a person is not able to hear, they probably don't feel safe. Yeah. If it- that was a huge eye opener to me because I can recognize if I don't feel safe, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize that, you know, someone else's anger, like, means that they don't feel safe yeah. or someone else's whatever, like, because I was always just thinking about, well, I don't, you know, so that was an eye opener. It's a, yeah, thank you for sharing that. It's it's a big deal that most people don't know that they don't feel safe. They stay themselves don't know that they, they don't, don't, they, don't Got it. they don't know that they don't feel safe. I don't know why I'm so angry all mm, the time. Mm, mm. If you're angry all the time, you're not safe. So how does someone start to discover or learn what they need to feel safe? I feel angry because. And then that will. Sh- that's, that's the start of okay. it. Okay. I feel angry because, because when, because th- when this is said to me, or even if it's like, because you said this to me. Okay. And, and because when you say this to me, uh-huh. And, 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 and you just keep going and 
or because mm-hmm. uh-huh. I feel angry because when you do this, I don't like it because, because when I don't like things, it doesn't feel good in my body because, and you keep drilling down. And this is the thing you got to have the space to do it. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at all emotions are driven by three points, three points, I call them the three points of ease and they are safety, connection, and fulfillment, mm-hmm. right? There are three points. Safety is the foundation. It's the baseline. That's the poverty line. When you're above the poverty line, you you're, you start to move into awesome spaces. Mm-hmm. When you're below the poverty line, there's not there's no hearing anything. There's mm-hmm. not going to be enjoyment. There's not going to be anything except unpleasant emotions because you're not safe. Mm-hmm. So when you get to the safety space, you can start to explore the connection space, which is kind of like uh, it's kind of like middle class income, right? Mm-hmm. Where, where you're able to connect, you're able to thrive, you move out of the survival space. Mm-hmm. Below the safety space is survival. Above safety is survival. Move above that, you're not having to worry about it. You start to move into more, more luxurious spaces. Mm-hmm. Then you have connection. And when you have connection, it's easy, right? Mm-hmm. When you first get into a relationship with somebody, it's really easy because you're connecting and you're not seeing the undercurrent of things that that could drive the unsafe complexes to come on. Mm-hmm. And when you're when you're connected, then you can move into an even more luxurious space, which is fulfillment or satisfaction. Mm. So safety, connection and fulfillment. So when you have safety, you may feel, all right, cool, I'm even. When you feel connected, you feel in love, you feel, you know, you're starting to feel some happiness. And then when you get into things like joy and total relaxation, that's a luxury space. Mm. And so if a person is in a space where they're angry all the time, they're not safe. Mm. anger is a protective mechanism it's it's our bodies our organism not just our body our whole organism's protective mechanism if somebody comes to throw a punch at you are you going to smile and lean into it and just put your face (laughs) in are you going to frown and put your arm up Mm -hmm. that's anger coming online to protect you Mm. right and so if somebody says something to you and you are offended when i have an offense coming in that's an attack Mm -hmm. and so i defend to retaliate that's when i get angry and i fight right and so this is a protective mechanism and that's all the time. When somebody's angry, they're not safe. When somebody's hurt, they're not safe. When somebody's frightened, they're not safe. And so there's never a time in a person's life where they feel or perceive any of these things that it's not right. It it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that you're angry. It always makes sense to me. And Mm. I can always find it by asking questions. Yeah. And my, I, yeah, my next question also was like about the safety. Like it doesn't mean, it doesn't matter if you're actually in physical danger if you feel unsafe you're unsafe you you're unsafe you're unsafe you're, you're, it doesn't make a difference it's because it's the thought of danger yeah. it's the thought of danger that's driving things and this is one of the people that come to me and they ask me about anxiety well what do you do about anxiety and i'm like anxiety is a matrix emotion i call it a matrix emotion because it consists of a lot of other emotions and so they're all jumbled together and so the person can't perceive anything because you're navigating multiple things at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so when you have thoughts of, oh my gosh, well, what if this person comes home and they see me this way? And what will they think? And what will happen if they tell somebody else? Mm-hmm. And what if, and so the, the mind is creating scenarios and the scenarios are being pushed into the body and the body is starting to look to prepare for all mm-hmm. of the different scenarios. And so since you have all of these different scenarios, it can become an overload situation. And so it drives the, the body to produce hormones to, to run away or to fight. And so since those hormones are all pumping through the body, the body starts to rev up and it's, the body revs up and it gets into a space where it can't function. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so this is where the thoughts are very, very important. And when a person is in anxiety, what I always do is I'm like, okay, let's pick one thing right now and let's drill it down. Let's find the safety in that space and then let's move to the next one. But mm-hmm. let's not let's let's lean into this one thing. And so this is this is the thing. Thoughts are always there. 
And like when I was teaching that emotion all, we have different layers of thought. Mm -hmm. We have the conscious awareness space. If you can imagine an iceberg, right? You know, like the biggest mm -hmm. part of the iceberg is underneath the water. Mm -hmm. And the deeper you go, the darker it gets, right? And so the sunlight is, is hitting the top of the iceberg. So it can actually melt and integrate with everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. And so the top of the iceberg is actually the conscious awareness space. This is the things we're aware of. Like you're aware of me. I'm aware of you. I'm aware of Phoebe here. We're aware of the couch and all of mm -hmm. this stuff. And then we have the unconscious, which is like right below the surface of the water. And so right below the surface of the water would kind of be like, I can reach under the couch and be like, oh, there's some dust here. I can find the dust, mm -hmm. right? And this will be the things that you don't need to access right now, but they're just under the surface so you can access them. And then there's what we would call the unconscious mind, which is deep, deep down in the water. The sunlight is not getting to it because it's so deep in the water, you can't get to it. Mm -hmm. And these are running our body's processes of safety, our body's processes of breathing, our body's processes of uh, holding on to traumas and, and programs around protecting ourselves and mm -hmm. these types of things that get pushed down so that we don't have to be thinking about it all the time. Mm -hmm. If I have to constantly think about about the traumas and stuff and my protective mechanisms, it can overwhelm me. And so it gets pushed down into the unconscious and the unconscious mind will come online when it needs to, mm. right? And when it needs to protect. And that's why some I, when 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 I'm when I was facilitating psychedelic experiences, one of the questions I would ask on my intake form is what's your what's your favorite color? What's your least favorite color? Mm -hmm. is, are there any colors that make you feel certain ways? And people would be like, I don't like the color brown. Right. And it's like, okay, well, what what happened with the color brown? Mm. And so is, are there any you know, when you walk in, so somebody's like, when I walk in my house, I get so upset. What color is the furniture in your house? Oh, it's brown. Boom. Mm -hmm. Right. And so this is an unconscious situation from somebody maybe having something that happened in, in their childhood. And they don't even realize it. They didn't realize it, but so it's still charged. But it's a thought, there's an unconscious thought pattern. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that unconscious thought pattern is in there. It's baked into the nervous system. It's baked into your whole organism. Mm -hmm. And so being able to say, because, because, right. Because, 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 because yeah. this is another thing that came up the mm -hmm. other day, the yellow brick road, mm -hmm. right. Because, 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 right. And so you go down the yellow brick road and you find what's messing with you by mm -hmm. asking because over and over again. Mm. I feel this way because oh, because this and and because when a person says this, it feels this way. Uh huh. Because and so when you do that, mm -hmm. when you keep doing the because because because, and then you uh, uncover like the actual thought or story that's like driving the emotion. I'm mm -hmm. guessing. Is it then easier to shift it? It's, is that another way of well, reprogramming? You can't. You can't. Well, the thing or, is, if I'm not aware of something, it's going to be challenging for me to change it. Yeah, yeah. Right, and so. When, when I'm aware of something, I can change it if I want to do something about it and I can just put a name on it. Mm. And so for me, people are looking to fix trauma. People are looking to fix things. And, and the first thing is, if you're not aware that it's there, how can you adjust something at all? And so I don't, I'm not about digging in, mm -hmm. but if a person goes in and they can see what is what where the unsafe space is, they can actually speak to the unsafe space. They mm. can actually get the environment to support them in that space. So they can get to know what supports them in feeling safe yeah. and communicating that. Yeah. And it's mm. the safety. It's not fixing or pulling that out or whatever. It's just like, what do I need to feel safe? Yeah. What do I need to feel safe? You know, if, 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 uh, if you're afraid of spiders and there's a, a, a rubber spider hanging <laughs> in front of your house, 
And every time you walk in your house, you're angry. And you didn't realize that once you realize that spiders are kind of messing with you, it's like, can we, can we get rid of this? Mm. Can we move this into another room or, you know, out of my awareness space? Cause I just, I'm, I'm, it doesn't, I don't feel safe with it. Mm. And it's okay for you to not feel safe if, if that not safe space is protecting you. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we're protecting ourselves from people and circumstances that are just, it's, it's imagined. Mm-hmm. And it's when we imagine things, it's a thought. And so the imagination is, this is why we make believe, mm-hmm. right? The land of make believe. We actually live in a land of make believe. Mm-hmm. I am making myself believe things all the time through my thought processes. And so if someone else can offer me a thought and that influences me to believe something, it influences my emotions, mm-hmm. right? And this is so where we have the difference between, we spoke about the difference between belief and doubt mm-hmm. or, or well, the connection of belief and doubt. They're the, one and the same thing actually and the difference between belief and knowledge mm-hmm. like, like i know certain, yeah. like i know know certain things and the different levels of of my existence would be like i i have my mental knowing i have my body knowing i have my emotional knowing i have the knowing of my constructs they all work in different spaces so whereas this doesn't make sense in your mind mm. in parts of your mind but the identity complex that that's baked into you may believe something different mm. so if you have multiple belief structures going on inside you at the same time it can be challenging mm. while you're still here i want to make sure that you grab access to my free transmission that is going to support you in releasing old programming based in fear lack scarcity and supporting you in fully anchoring into your star power just go to steph b 360.com click the contact button and shoot me a text with your name your email and the word podcast and i'll send it over so press pause right now so you don't forget grab it tune in you are going to absolutely love it and be super activated this is deep (laughs) deep stuff it always goes deep and like um i imagine like people in relationship or friendship like they have to like i mean if they want uh to resolve conflict or whatever have better communication it's awareness on both parts is really important and being able to hold space for each other's experience <laughs> and and a, and a willingness you know yeah. there there there's a willingness to learn and expand and sometimes when we get wrapped up in our lives and our, you know, adhering to the job and working for the man and for the woman or whatever mm-hmm. we work for, right? When we get wrapped up in that and we get unsafe if our checks, paychecks not coming in, if we get unsafe if we can't pay the rent or whatever, then navigating something like this in a relationship is not convenient. Mm. And so convenience is a luxury. And so remember safety connection that more convenience mm-hmm. fulfillment is the ultimate convenience mm-hmm. this is a luxury space and so if you're in a relationship with somebody and you're not aware that they're struggling or they've been struggling or having challenges all their lives they may not be safe enough to actually connect with you in a space i had mm-hmm. a conversation with someone yesterday who was like i you know i don't i don't want to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and i asked why you know what what's what's the reason uh, I didn't ask why I asked what's the reason uh, what's the reason for you not being wanting to be vulnerable and they're like well because if you know if I'm I'll be seen 
and what would happen because right mm. if what would happen if you're seen well if i'm seen then somebody might see the real me and okay and what 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 would happen if they saw the real you well they wouldn't like it mm. and so there's an undercurrent of shame underneath that and so shame gives me an idea it comes from it comes from an idea that something is wrong bad broken not enough too much about me someone else or something else or something period mm-hmm. right and so if i have an idea of that then if something's wrong with me and i come to you and i put me in front of you then i'm actually threatening you so you're not safe and if i care about how is that well if i if i'm if something's wrong with me if you and, believe and, something's and wrong if i believe something is wrong with me and i come around you and i believe that you perceive something is wrong with me right then mm. then you'll stay away from me Mm. right because i'm because something me being wrong with me might be a threat to you i'm Mm. I'm making stuff up right now but if you're in that space if i'm protecting you from me from who i am from my darkest secrets from my true self Mm. then you're not safe then i perceive that you're not safe and so this is where the safety is not always about the owner Mm. of the safety it's also about the owner's projection of safety and so if i perceive that i mean if i'm in a relationship with you we're in a relationship boyfriend girlfriend whatever we want to call it these Mm -hmm. days right if i'm in a relationship with you and i'm afraid to tell you about my past relationships because i'm afraid you're going to think something about me and you're going to leave me i'm afraid that you're not safe with who i am so i'm not safe with you Mm. thinking that i'm not you know you feel me and so you go down this rabbit hole of not safe Mm. and so this is this was the thing with the vulnerability space with this person was they didn't feel safe to express themselves because they had been left by somebody in the past when they expressed themselves. Mm. And so they are trying to craft the person that they're with into a specific space of liking them. And so this is where we get people pleasing from. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so when we get into the people pleasing space, I'm constantly trying to get you to feel easy. I'm pushing things at you to influence your thoughts. So you think something about me. So you feel nice about me. Mm. So we're always influencing other people and influencing ourselves all the time until we pull back and just like, you can be influenced how you choose to influence, be influenced. I want you to be free in your influence of yourself. Mm-hmm. But we are constantly people, when, when we're people pleasing, we're, we're trying to get the whole environment to cooperate with the ideal vision that we have for the way things should look that's super deep i feel like you could relate this to every area of your life yep yep you know before i started to explore psychedelics i had uh i i I did not know that i was a control freak in my first psychedelic experience i went in and uh i learned that i was lying to everyone about everything because i was afraid that they didn't like me or that Mm. they wouldn't like me and it stemmed from me not feeling like like I was worthy of my mother's love. Mm. And I never wanted anything to get back to my mother that would cause her to believe that I was outside of her grace. And so I did it with everybody. I lied to everyone. And I was doing my best to get everybody to see me a certain way because I didn't believe that I was safe being seen for who I was. Mm. And so since I, I didn't believe that I was safe with who I was, you couldn't possibly be safe with who I am because something's wrong with me. Mm. You wouldn't want to be around with me because of you wouldn't want to be around me because of the person that I really am inside. You wouldn't like the things that I like. You wouldn't like the quirky things that I do. You wouldn't like the direction that I like to have the toilet paper in the bathroom. Right? <laughs> like all of these these things that right now in my life are they're pretty trivial things now, but they were a big deal. And since they were a big deal. 
I didn't want people to see that mm. because I thought that my big deal was too much. It was just, you know, it was, it was people, somebody would think something about me. And I got lost in this spiral of people pleasing and my emotions were on fire all the time. And I couldn't hear them telling me to go in the opposite direction. So what were they telling you in that point? They were telling me to be me myself. Mm. They, they were screaming. Your, our emotions are going to speak until we listen, until we actually let them out or we change our thought patterns. Mm. And so if we're not aware of our thought patterns and our unconscious thought patterns are driving a lot of this stuff, we've got to get the, the stuff at the top. To, we've got to get the stuff at the top to melt, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the conscious thought patterns and the, un, the subconscious thought patterns to melt and move away so that the bottom of the iceberg can start coming to the surface. Mm-hmm. And as the bottom of the iceberg comes to the surface, we can start to address this stuff. And as that melts away, the next layer comes up. It's just like a Pez dispenser. You take a piece of candy out and the next one comes up. Mm-hmm. You take a piece of candy out and the next one comes up. And so this is how our, our thought patterns work. And they, they affect our emotions and our emotions affect our thoughts. So and it's so like a loop. It's a loop. Which starts first? <laughs> the chicken or the egg. Yeah. Right? It's, it's I, they're not. Since emotions are, I mean, I mean, energy and motion mm-hmm. essentially too. There's a lot of things that can impact them things that are happening in the world well i guess it always goes back to a thought too well it does it goes back to both and i i didn't want to cut you off no good yeah um it goes back to it it goes back to both and it goes back to the idea of separation which is Mm. a foundational issue with humanity is that we believe that we are separate from ourselves and each other and so we break ourselves into a mind into a spirit into a mind into our constructs and identities, right? Into our heart and our intuition and mm. emotions. And we break ourselves into a body and we break ourselves. And we also have these bugs, these microbiological things that live in us and on us. And so we break ourselves into all of this when in fact, we're all, this is not my hand. This is my body. Mm-hmm. I call it my hand so that I can identify a part of my body, mm-hmm. right? But I can put a story around what this is. It's still my body. Mm-hmm. This body is still of this earth, right? This body is still this flesh, blood. It's all one thing. And so when we start to to separate the emotion and the mind, right? We we start to pull things apart and we start to we start to be reductionist. Right? Mm-hmm. We have a lot of reductionist science and reductionist theories and stuff in our world. And when we come back to wholeness and we see that the mind and the emotions work together. We stop pulling them apart. We've been taught to separate them. Don't feel that, mm-hmm. right? Men, men. Are, I'm speaking as a man. Uh, this with is my, big too. With my experience as a man, that's what she said, right? <laughs> but, uh, when we speak, when we speak, when we speak about uh, me being a man, I was taught as a kid: don't cry, men don't cry. That's for suckers. Uh, you don't have emotions. You don't feel things. Or you can control your emotions or push them down no. or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I, so I, so, the, and this goes back to the space of emotions in contrast to behaviors, right? My emotions and behaviors are not the same thing. Mm. I can behave on behalf of my emotions, mm. right? Like when, like if, if I get angry, I can sit here and be as stoic as possible or I can frown. The frowning is a behavior. Mm-hmm. that comes with it it may feel really natural to do it right mm-hmm. but if if i get up and i flip the table over and i throw a chair across the room that is a behavior mm-hmm. that is not my anger and so people will blame the anger for the behavior got it and so behaviors can be regulated but the emotions are still there emotions are still going to be there until, until until the thought process changes or it's resolved 
Mm-hmm. Or until you feel it. I mean, you, you always you are feeling it. Yeah. Your perception of the feeling changes. Yeah. And so I, I like to call it uh, analgesia. You, you know what analgesics are, right? So analgesics are are medications like Tylenol, Motrin. Mm. They're antipyretic, which changes the temperature of the body. They, they bring fevers down. And they're also anti-inflammatory, which brings inflammation down. And they're also uh, analgesic, which alters your pain perception. I don't like these medications for any of these things. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of, 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 of these medications, but it blocks your pain perception. It does not change that you have perce- that you have pain. Mm. Your body always knows that you have pain, but your your mental processes get detached from from the the pain sequence. Right, mm. so your body's pain perception changes, and so when we change our perception of our emotions, right, the emotion is still there. It's like, man, I knew this for years. I've been holding this in. I've been holding this in, and now you start to realize that you have been holding something in for years and years and years. And it was outside of your awareness because you pushed it down into the subconscious and probably into the unconscious. So Mm. you don't have to feel it because it's so uncomfortable. And we've been taught not to feel uncomfortable things. For me, I prefer to feel my discomfort and get to the other side of it. I prefer to have a conversation that are funky and get to the other side of it. This is a space of courage, though. And like we were talking about at Emotional, it's like, be courageous. You have to be courageous. Mm -hmm. This is not for the faint of heart. And so being in a courageous space is actually facing all the things that that are causing you to have the emotions. Mm. Can you speak a little bit more on like how um, a lot of men have been taught to uh, push their emotions down versus women are naturally more emotional creatures and like... You know, I, I know um, that can be a thing. Yeah, it, it's, a, a it's a huge thing. Great question. Thank you for bringing it up. I think it would be helpful for people who are, you know, and different. It's, it's always helpful for me to talk yeah. about it over and over again as a male, uh, a person who is a male, uh, identifies as a male, whatever that construct is nowadays, mm-hmm. right? Um, the women, female bodies, okay, um, because there are people who who associate as women that are not in female uh, biological bodies mm-hmm. um tend to have emotional complexes well don't they don't tend to have they have emotional they have chemical complexes that are completely different than males their hormones are different and so the energy that moves through them tends to move a lot more full fully mm-hmm. than males and so the ability to stifle that is more challenging for women. And so it's more allowed. It has been built into our societies and structures to allow this to the surface. Men also have emotions, but we've been taught to keep it subdued. We've been taught to keep it in control, to to have a a power sequence of some sort. And it's been an issue in our world. Um, when, When we look at the energetic dynamics of masculine energy and feminine energy, the male body Okay, and this is something that I've had conversations with lots of people about, and and they're like, oh shit, that makes plenty of sense. Um, the male body is designed to harness masculine energy differently than the female body mm-hmm. that is designed to harness and navigate feminine energy more effectively. And so when they come together, they have tantra, right? There's the mm-hmm. tantric flow of masculine and feminine. Now, when you have hyper-masculinized people who hold in the feminine energy that's actually moving through them and they don't let it move. And the feminine energy is chaotic, okay? And, I, and it's chaotic and chaos is not a bad thing. It's all encompassing. It's 
aberrant. Expressive. It, it changes. It's expressive. It also receives, mm-hmm. right? And it receives direction, right? And so if you could imagine a room full of air, then you can see the air. You can actually see the air. The air is feminine. When you put the air inside of a, a tank to, to carry it around like an oxygen tank, you have now put a masculine container around feminine dynamic. And so mm-hmm. it's holding it for a purpose or for a reason so it can be directed and guided to somebody, somebody else mm-hmm. or for some particular use. And then when you open the valve, the air comes out and it's like, <laughs> it's everywhere in an instant because feminine energy cannot be harnessed in the same way that masculine energy can, mm. right? It can be directed, it can be guided. And that's where masculine guidance comes from. And so we've put our society in this place of hyper-masculinizing everything and everything have to be a control dynamic. And we've been forcing women into these stifled or female bodies into these stifled situations of how they should act and how they should hold back and all of that. So I, I dare, I, I'm challenging what you were saying before, as far as women not being expressive, because women can be a lot more expressive than they are. Mm-hmm. They've been taught to be stifled, mm-hmm. right? And and if you want to see a free woman, let a woman really speak her voice and be full in it and, and outside of fear. There's a different quality to it. There's a different movement to a, to a woman. It's mm-hmm. different. But we've masculinized our society around keeping people stifled so that we can build what we build. Mm. And men are have been put into this position of this this not showing emotion is powerful. Um, this, this stoicism and all of these things are, are very powerful. And I think it's a very toxic space. And part of what I've seen in my career as a nurse and as a practitioner in psychedelics as a coach is men die a lot younger than women and it, and it's not because of uh old age and that's just how it is it's because of the holding in mm. of that feminine energy and the stifling of, of the, the emotional emotions. complexes wow. mm-hmm. emotions are feminine mm-hmm. okay mm. and I, I don't care what anybody tells you <laughs> emotions are all feminine because they're chaotic and they mm. don't ask for permission, right? And I'm not saying women don't ask for permission. Okay, so let's not get it twisted. This is an energetic space I'm talking about. Emotions are feminine. And when we when we hyper-masculinize and we hold them in, we are confining something that has not been designed to be confined. Mm. It's been designed to express, right? Mm-hmm. To to feel and to guide. And so since, and since, since that intuitive situation is being held inside of the male body, there's a chaos that's happening inside the male body that becomes disruptive and it destroys, it wreaks havoc on the inside because the hormones are still moving around on the inside of the body. Okay. Whether we're aware of it or not, the hormones are moving around. And so since, and, and if there are hormones that are being distributed inside the body and they're not supposed to be all over the body for long periods of time, they cause mutations, they cause changes, they cause all kinds of things that happen inside the body. And so it can become very, very destructive Mm. on the male organism. And that's my belief structure. Any male that I've spoken to that's over the age of 70 or 80, super chill, connected to their feminine spaces, they are able to fall into a lot of really, really wonderful places and be in ease. Wow. But, and it's, it's connected to that energy. Mm. And so the idea that, that being feminine, being flowy, having any kind of openness to yourself is a stifling of the, the the feminine energetic in the masculine male body, which is a thing. Wow. So we've also imparted that onto women by telling them they can't, you're too, you're, you're too loud, right? You're and too so, much or whatever, mm-hmm, too and, sensitive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we're projecting that masculine dynamic onto females and it causes them to feel constricted, to, to feel constricted, been there. Uh-huh, to feel constricted, to feel restricted, mm-hmm. to feel oppressed. 
right? And so we and then built- the oppressed and trapped triangle comes online. That's right. Online. The, the, the OTT <laughs> comes online. But this is built into our societies. And this is why we have the patriarchal systems mm. on our planet. Uh, that's This is my current belief structure, that the patriarchal systems on our planet have been stifling uh, female bodies for a long time because the, the power of the universe is in that feminine energy. And I mean, it's in both energies, but mm-hmm. the power of creativity, the power of expansion, the power of emotive processes is in the feminine energetic. Mm. And when and when the feminine energetic is free, everything is easy, right? Mm. It's chaotic. It's all over the place. It's easy. But when you want to bring things into order and have structure, you bring the masculine in to kind of guide things, mm. not to, to control things. And this is this is part of the issue with a lot of what I see right now with a lot of coaching spaces is there's some hyper-masculinization, step into your masculine and just be male and all of this other stuff. Mm. That's awesome. And you can step into your masculine and still observe your feminine energy as well and 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 offer a container for the feminine to bounce inside of and kind of guide it into different spaces without stifling it. Mm. How does one begin to even practice something like that if they're so used to the uh, or maybe if they don't feel safe because maybe they don't feel safe uh, for, from a feminine chaotic energy that they're not used to or something like that i'm sure that comes up a lot it does it comes up a lot i, I don't know how to do this yeah. first thing is awareness awareness of your behavior patterns are you stifling things are do you have to be in control all the time can mm. you allow and so the, there then there comes the dynamic around surrender people mm. will talk about surrendering and falling in surrendering is a feminine trait mm. right when you surrender when you fall into something you just fall into you mm. let you let you allow, you be. And so we have two things in, in our universe, right? That that represent masculine and feminine energy for me, okay? There's being and there's doing, mm-hmm. okay? The feminine is being, allowing, right? Receiving, right? Mm-hmm. The masculine is directing, logistics, building, creating, structure. Mm-hmm. And so you have the being and the doing, we are nothing without both, mm-hmm. right? And so it's the being who's doing the it's, doing it's that the really being, exactly. <laughs> so this, so but the feminine encompasses all, right? And it allows for the masculine to be inside of the feminine. And this is where we have this the, the whole sex dynamic, penis vagina type mm. of situation, right? Wow, that's deep. Mm-hmm. Damn, and we're designed. <laughs> so so when you when you when you look at the religions that say we are built in the image of God, right? God universe, whatever you want to call it, is the feminine and masculine dynamic interacting with one another. We are built in the image of that. And and the masculine, feminine, the penis, vagina situation, right, <laughs> is, is the same type of dynamic. Even when you get to the sperm and the egg, right, the, the egg, the, the ovum actually allows the sperm cell to penetrate it. It allows, it surrenders mm. to that one and it actually, it's very, it's very choosy, right? You have millions of sperm cells moving in through the, through the whole situation and that it allows, it surrenders to that one sperm that it chooses. Wow. The feminine chooses. Wow. Uh-huh. It always That's chooses. Deep. And so we, so we've, we've been blocking the feminine from choosing because when, when, when you look at it by and at large, most men are waiting for women, for women to choose them. Mm. right i'm I, i'm waiting for somebody to choose me and and that's that's the way it is and we can go in, on a hunt and do all of this other stuff but if the, if the woman doesn't really uh if the female doesn't accept the male there's there's going to be calamity this, it will always be that way so the women the woman chooses yeah and in whether you're aware of it or not 
Mm-hmm. And so you can be outside of your awareness of the choices that you're making. You can be squeezed into making a, a, making a choice, but you still mm-hmm. make a choice. And so you can always say no, but you've been trained not to say no. And that's that for me, that's an issue. Not you per yeah. se, but 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 uh females by and at large from and this is and this is my perspective. I'm open to hearing different things from different people. This conversation is always open for me. I'm always into learning. Mm-hmm. This is the way I see things. And I'd like to see something different. Show it to me. Please show me something different than I'm observing so that I can learn. Because mm-hmm. I'm into learning things. I'm into I'm into knowing, I'm into you know, yeah. all kinds of structures and stuff. But this whole dynamic around the masculine and feminine is the energetic space that has to do with our emotions. Mm-hmm. And emotions are the are feminine energy that's guiding us into a particular so go this way, no, go this way, go there, follow the chaos, follow the chaos, and you will find you will find your order. You will all every time when you follow the chaos, you follow your order. You follow the order, you follow your you find your chaos. Mm-hmm. This is Tantra. And so when we have the tantric communities that are doing all these things around sex, sacred sex, sexuality and all that stuff, sacred sexuality, and that word sacred is for me, mm-hmm. right? Sacred sexuality is the, the marrying of these two energetic spaces. It's not just about sexual intercourse, which is what people get twisted into, these ideas. When I am, when I am in the idea of my emotions, when I express through my, when I move my emotions through me and they express, another person has to actually be in a space to receive that. So you have to be in your feminine to receive it. Mm. Then you take it, you process it, and you send you send something back out, which is a masculine space. When you send something out, when you direct the signal to something, it's a masculine space. Mm. I have to actually be in a masculine space to send something out. The other person has to be in a space to receive that information, take it in, process it. And when you process it, you send it back out. And so again, that masculine feminine dynamic, mm. it's all in that. And so if if I'm in a position where your emotion is not welcome here, I'm blocking the feminine from coming to me. Mm. And that it, it be that a male, be that a female, whatever, whatever your gender dynamic is, it doesn't matter. The female, the feminine and masculine energy have to move back and forth. So if, so if a feminine or a woman is like expressing herself and the other person's not able to receive it or doesn't want to hear it or doesn't hold space for it, it's blocking it this, basically, I mean, or pushing it away. It, it's, it's not connection. Remember safety, yeah. connection, fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And if a person's not safe enough to connect, then we don't have the volley, mm. right? I, I can be sending information to you if you're, if you're, yeah, yeah, doing the one so woman thing, yeah. bracelets. You're blocking it. So, so it's that they don't feel safe if that if they're trying to push it away or say it's too much or whatever. Right. And so remember, always um, safety. If, mm-hmm. if it's always safe, that's the foundation. It's it's the ultimate space around emotions is mm-hmm. safety. And so when when I say something to you, if you don't feel safe to receive it, you 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 won't process it. You will not process it. I can sit here and yell and yell and yell and scream. And if you, if you're not in this position to hear it, you won't hear it. Mm -hmm. And so it is. That makes sense. I was literally just talking to someone recently and sharing like that in order to receive uh, information, it's easier to receive with the delivery being in a way that is more functional, like uh, positive reinforcement, like the feedback sandwich from NLP, like, you know, stuff like that, mm-hmm. or else I ain't going to get through. Right. Or it'll take like a lot longer and probably will cause a lot of other things. So when, when we have different levels of logic, and this is something that I teach in, in, in our integration program, the Condor approach is the, the logic ceiling. There are different levels of logic. Okay. Logic for me, the context that I work from it is something that makes sense. 
And there are different types of logic. There's body logic, which would what makes sense to the, to the body to keep the body safe, to keep the body functioning, to keep the body interactive for the experience, whatever makes sense to the body. Mm-hmm. Then there's the emotional space. What makes sense to tell you that you're in ease or disease? But if you're not in a position to be in body logic, you're not going to get to delineate between ease and disease, mm. right? So you have to be safe in the body level in order to 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 get the sense of the of the disease space. Once you're in the space where you feel easy in your emotions, then you can move out into the construct space, which what is what makes sense for your identity, your race, your gender, your nationality, all of these things, what makes sense for your constructs. Mm. And then outside of that, when you get into a more relaxed space, you can get into the mind space, but like we are in a mind space. Like I, I don't perceive that anybody's going to come in here and shoot me, right? I don't perceive delete, 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 right? Mm-hmm. I don't believe that that uh, the house is going to fall down. So I'm in a position to feel body safe. I don't feel any kind of disease right now. My constructs are are not threatened. You're not saying that my identity is stupid or something like that. So I feel accepted. So I can mm-hmm. get into a space where I can get into deep thought and delineate. That's a luxury space. Mm. Okay. So when my nervous system is able to get into that type of thinking space, I am in a luxury. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then when I can get into a spirit space, which would which would be what makes sense just to exist, that's even more of a of a luxury space. But when you think about poverty in our world, when people don't have food, they don't have a place to live, and you're asking them to be in a mental logic space, it's not going to work. Mm. They have to be able to get into that luxury space. Being able to think clearly. It's like the hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like Maslow's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you get into that space of of being able to delineate things, there's a safety that you have. Mm -hmm. But there are many people that can't get into the mind space because they're they're struggling to pay the rent. Mm -hmm. They're struggling. They're afraid that their kids are not safe. Somebody's abusing them in their household. Try having a conversation like this with somebody who's unsafe. Mm. And so if if I'm if I'm in a household with someone and they're not safe and they're angry all the time, they're not safe. Mm. And so what can I do to support that person in perceiving safety? Mm. That that for me is 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 the is the pinnacle of all this is what mm. can I do to support you in being safe? How can I how can I do that? Everything has to stop. When Cole's not feeling safe, and Cole's my partner for you, for those of y'all who don't know, um if if you're not feeling safe. Um, if she's not feeling safe, I have everything has to stop. What do, what do we do for for you to be for you to be in a safe space? And if she doesn't know, then I wait. Okay, you know, do you need your hair? You know, she, she when she gets into a space, she'll be like, when we're when she is in a safe space, she'll be like, when I get like that, I need you to touch my hair or mm-hmm. whatever. And so I'll touch her hair and I'll just wait. It's not my process; it's hers. Yeah. And so if she's not in a safe space, how can I support that? And this is the thing with other people. I've gone into into grocery store somebody's screaming and shouting at the at the cashier and and people are like you have to stop you have to stop you have to stop and they're and they're fighting with the person and i'll walk over and i'll be like man it looks totally unsafe like people are out to get you yeah everybody's out to get me yeah what would you need so that you didn't feel like people are out to get you well i need to i need to be out of here i need to just pay for my stuff would you like to go first is anybody here against this person going first Mm. Right. And then the person starts to de-escalate. And so once they start to de-escalate and they feel safe and they feel seen and they feel that somebody is in support of them, their nervous system can relax and then they can expand into a space where they can actually think. Because mm, you definitely can't think when you don't feel safe. When you don't feel safe, you can't think. Clearly. So uh, when so well, like when you were saying, when like if Cole didn't feel safe and you asked her, what do you need to feel safe? Mm-hmm. Um, but what if you both didn't feel safe? I guess you'd have to kind of 
it, it's naming it. It's like, I don't feel safe. Well, I don't feel safe either. Okay. Like, how can you provide how, safety for each other if you how, both don't? How can we both win? Mm. So it takes one person to say, okay, is it is it okay if I if I if I give some if I offer some space or take some space for myself for a few minutes? And uh, you know, I'm I'm outside the interest of you being in a space where you feel abandoned. I feel like I'm able to be unclear right now, and I want to bring the clearest version of myself to this conversation. Are you cool with that? Mm. And if they say no. And they want to continue, say, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to sit here and witness you. And I'm going to allow you to say whatever it is you need to say or be however you need to be. Mm. And just shut up. <laughs> right? And just sit there and wait. Yeah. And and that's where the dynamic changes. It takes one person to recognize a trigger and, and, and to be the person to hold the container. And I don't need to be right. And that's one of the things I used to, I used to have to be right all the time. And so I would argue with people into the ground. Mm. Because, because if I need to be right all the time, then my idea of my knowledge is threatened. And so my mm. idea of my knowledge is not safe. Mm. Right? And so this, see, these, this is where the little... Uh, probably really hard to see. Yeah, but this is the thing. You want to know it all. <laughs> but, most, but most people, if, if I tell you something and you're like, no, 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 that's not how it went. Your idea of how it how it went is now being threatened by my idea of how it went. Mm. If we if we both exchange the same, uh, we were in the same place at the same time, we are having two different experiences of the same occurrence. Mm -hmm. And for you to describe it a certain way and for me to be like, no, that's not how it went. First of all, I'm, my idea is threatened. My mm -hmm. idea of how it went is threatened. Now I'm threatening your idea of how it went. And then we get into an argument back and forth mm -hmm. because neither one of us, our ideas are not safe. And this is one of the things that gets bypassed a lot in the emotional navigation space is that people are not looking at their ideas being threatened. If your idea is threatened, your idea doesn't have a body other than the body you live in. And so mm. your your emotional complexes will come online because the idea is in dis-ease. Mm. And so if the idea is in dis-ease, it will act through the body. Oh, wow. Yeah, right? And so when you think about it, right? When you think about things like uh, like nationality, right? You have patriots in the United States of America. Well, if you were to say one thing against the, the American flag or do something, they come in the house and shoot you. Wow. Because the construct itself is threatened. And mm. so the construct has been so deeply embedded into certain people that they will kill you over it. People, how many people say I'd kill for my family? Mm. Family is a construct. It's an idea. Wow. Right. And, and mm. I, know, I know people that get beat up by their family and abused by their family mm. and they will still kill for their family because of construct. And religions, like you see it a lot too. People defending their religion, like getting all mean and pissed oh. about uh, people who don't believe the same thing. Yeah. And yeah. Look at our, um, look at our world. We have people doing suicide bombing and stuff for, for religions. And wow. Crazy so stuff. the key is also to have an open mind, <laughs> open mind to other people's experiences and belief systems and ideas. Right. And so this is where, you know, I can, I can, I can be fine with your, with your belief structure, but your behavior, mm. if your behavior is going to cause detriment to me, that's where I defend myself. You can tell me about all about your beliefs. Don't put your hands on me. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah, there's no reason that I don't I don't see a reason for anybody to put their hands on me because of what I believe in. Yeah, it, it's just not, and I don't see a reason for me to put my hands on somebody because of what they believe in that's unless crazy. they believe that I should die and they're going to make an attempt on my life. Mm. That's a different story. Okay, because if you're putting an attempt on my life, I'm not safe. Yeah, so my emotions are going to come online. My anger is going to come online. My fright is going to come online. All that's going to come online to protect me. And if I say, oh, this doesn't make sense or, you know, and, and um, I bury it. I'm I'm burying the the perception of it, but it's still there. Wow! Anytime that somebody's afraid of somebody, it's always it's always there. Mm -hmm. hmm. Wow! This is so deep. I feel like we could talk forever. And ever. <laughs> it's so fascinating because it's like 
so many intricacies. And uh, I love learning more about myself and other people so I could understand Mm -hmm. better, just like I guess you do too. Yeah. And so like when I'm hearing you share all this and like starting to see my own stuff and like things that have happened with other people and how to proceed in the future with like um, just being even more aware of my own experience and emotions and other people's and holding space and all that. It just, I could feel uh, the importance of this work so deeply to actually have fulfillment in connections with other people too. And, and, and in being supportive for other people. Yeah. Like it's a must. Because people are going to get into conflict or not always see things the same way or whatever. And if you don't know how to navigate it, you can get stuck. You can. And that and that's an issue. Yeah. yeah. It's a mm-hmm. huge issue. So thank you so much for this. Thank you. You have a whole um, thing coming up. Do you want to share a little bit about emotional? Sure. I don't know. Like, sure. Whatever you want. Yeah, like, I'll share about it. I'll share about a couple of things. Um, for anybody who's interested in uh, in emotional navigation, I have an eight week intensive group coaching mm. situation where we're doing a ninety minute call every week. There's going to be videos before those calls for you to explore the concept that we're going to dive into, so mm. that you come ready to the call with you with the concept in mind. Maybe a challenge that you've had, and I will coach in real time on the calls. Nice. And so this is going to be for eight weeks. We're going to dive into these spaces, but there's going to be videos for you to go in and look at the concepts and really have have your space. There's going to be workbooks for, for you to do. And it's about, I'd say it's about three and a half hours a week. Nice. Of, it's not a tremendous amount of time to go into. The, the call is an hour and a half. And the other time you'll spend, you know, watching a video that'll probably be 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And then maybe a half hour or so of just dialing into the the workbook so that you can really lean into that into that space. And learning how to navigate these things is really, really important. The people that I, I have a I have a testimonial, a 10-minute testimonial that somebody sent me yesterday from last week's emotional. Mm-hmm. And they said that their whole relationship, their relationship has changed with their partner who came to the who came to oh, the nice. their relationship with the kids. I, I highly recommend this for partners like, too. It, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I got you and a couple other people said that that I, you know, I should do this with uh should do this <laughs> with uh with couples. Yeah. And I, I'd be down to do that. But this one coming up uh it starts June 22nd. This every, is the, the eight week one. The eight week, cool. yeah. June 22nd. Uh it's gonna be every Thursday. Nice. From six to seven thirty PM uh central time. And we're going through till I think it's August 10th. Cool. And yeah, and so anybody that that's that's here that's in your audience that's interested mm-hmm. in diving into that i'm gonna knock i'll knock 500 bucks off the tuition oh nice uh, yeah wow thanks yeah sure highly 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 recommend and, and this for anyone really after i took the emotional thing and i want to go even deeper into all this too it has opened my mind so much and supported me in is is currently supporting me in my life and i can see how you can apply this to every area, business, relationships, like I now feel um, more connected to myself and compassionate for other people's experiences Mm -hmm. and actually have a deeper level of taking responsibility for my own 
emotions, like how you were saying in the beginning, like really own mm-hmm. your space yeah. and your feelings and just love everything that you're doing. Thank like you. for those of you listening, I'm going to just freaking say this again. <laughs> Ta is like next fucking level. I always tell him, and I say this with like, like Tony Robbins ain't got shit. <laughs> like the Thank level you, I'm serious. The I level of coaching. That. I mean, if you listen to this all, all, th- all the way through, I'm sure you can tell the level of um, intricacy through the processes that he brings people through is really deep. And this is just him having a conversation with me. When you're working with people like in person, it's like a whole nother level seeing you support them and navigating it. So I'm a, I'm, I'm a super fan. Always Thank been. <laughs> Thank you. I, re- I received that, Stephanie. Thank you. you yeah. know, you've said that to me before. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, at, at the, the blushing that comes online uh, when you say these things to me. I appreciate it. And I'm in a position right now in my life where I recognize that if I don't honor the gifts that I have, I will show other people how to hide theirs. And that's what I was taught for mm-hmm. a lot of my life was to, sh- to, to dull my life. I'm really, really, really good at what I do. I'm awesome at what I do. I'm not good. I'm awesome at what mm-hmm. I do. And and like I can feel it in my body right now, the resistance to saying it. And mm. I'm doing it anyway. And this is the courageousness that I was talking about. And you know, emotion all, like all of the depth that we're talking about here is not, I'm not going to be teaching you all of these deep, intricate situations that, that can overwhelm a person. Mm-hmm. This is me speaking from my knowledge base. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take you through step-by-step, step, really, really basic things to start to learn how to navigate and where, integrate you, it. where you are mm-hmm. and then integrate it with your day-to-day life. Which that's, is more important. That's anything. more important than anything is to mm-hmm. be able to integrate it with the day-to-day life. And so that's that's the important space. That's the wonder space is to be able to integrate these things with your family, integrate it with your, with your money, mm-hmm. right? Because money and emotions, yeah. come on, we That's talked about that. Thing. We talked about that at, at at the at the live event. Money and emotions—they're woven in together. You emotions can't be taken out of anything. They're mm-hmm. all here because we are human beings and we're involved in in an emotional space. Mm. And so it's it's really important. And um, thank you for that reflection, Stephanie. I do appreciate it. And I, I also wanted to say, you know, this is what a, a part of what we teach at the Condor approach. And, and the we, condor approach for those, did you share what that is? It's the, you want to share? I can, yes. sure. Yeah. The condor approach is- I did that too. <laughs> the condor approach is a, a psychedelic informed integration coaching uh, methodology that we teach to people so that they can actually coach themselves in integrating their experiences before, during, and after psychedelic experiences. And so we come back from psychedelic experiences different than we were. We come back from every experience different mm-hmm. than we were. But the profundity, profundity, I love that word, <laughs> the profundity of the changes that happen with people in psychedelic experiences or any transformational experience, people go back to old with old spaces, they go the back to their environments and stuff, and they are not actively integrating. Right. They're, they're not doing it from a space of their own awareness. They're doing it from a space of just I'm just going to fall into it. Mm. And so this is where the integration coaching style that we have is about allowing and then nudging. Right. And so remember, the nudge is the masculine. You allow things to happen and then you nudge. You allow things to happen and you nudge. Otherwise, if you allow things to happen, the world will nudge you. Mm. And we live in a very hyper masculinized world where everybody else will tell you what to do and how to do it. And it will affect your integration. Mm. And so integration is not an optional space. We're always integrating, but how we integrate, that's the option. Mm. That's what we teach. And we have a, we have what we call the four ends process, intake, intention, in the space and integration. And we do a three day 
uh, a three day on that. And, um, oh, wow. and it, it's a three day and that's what we're moving into now. So it was a five day before only we do the five day for coach for people who want to be coaches and the three day is for people who just want to come and experience mm-hmm. it and learn these concepts and stuff that uh, some of the concepts that I've been talking about today are going to be embedded uh, are embedded in the, the condor approach. And it's really, really awesome. And we can also uh, take some bread off of that. For, for cool. folks too that I'll leave the, the links um in the show notes or wherever the video lives so that people can check it out. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, bro. I so appreciate you. This was appreciate amazing. You. And thank you everyone for listening. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> Peace. Before you go, make sure you shoot me a text so that I can send you my free transmission that is going to support you in releasing dense energy, releasing what no longer serves you so that you can receive all of the magic that awaits you so that you can embody your true full magnetism. Just go to stephb360.com, hit the contact button, shoot me a text with your name, your email, and the word podcast, and I will send it over. Again, that's stephb360.com. Hit the contact button, text me your name, your email, and the word podcast. I'm so excited to share this with you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. If you want extra motivation to manifest a life and business that you're obsessed with, then find me on Instagram at the spiritual boss babe or visit spiritualbossbabe.com. I love you and appreciate you so, so much. And I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you have a magical day.